This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Arada, and today I'm having a drink and a chat with a realtor that's going to help us land the perfect pet-friendly rental. I'll tell you all about him and introduce you as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Arada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a pet parent, a foodie, a coffee lover, a former army chaplain. He's originally from Abilene, Texas, and now lives in El Paso, Texas, with stops in Fort Worth, Texas, Boston, Massachusetts, and Fort Sill, Oklahoma, all the way in between. He is husband to Elizabeth, dad to Caleb, Joshua, and Daniel. He's cat dad to Calvin and Hobbs. They're black tabbies with some Maine Coon mixed in. He's dad to Spike, a Euromastix lizard, who has a spiny tail, I hear. And he's dad to some rescued, fostered, and um, kept behind goldfish named Goldie, Silver, and Minnie. Because he's in the army life, I have a feeling he's going to be inheriting a lot of pets that can't move internationally. And that's how those ended up with him. He is the ambassador for PCS Pay It Forward Fort Bliss here in El Paso, Texas, where I live. And he is helping military members solve their housing issues and avoid rental scams. He is pet-friendly realtor with EXP Realty, Brian Hall. Welcome, Brian. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you, Isabel. It's finally, I'm, I'm very happy that we've finally gotten to do this. I know, I know. It's been a hard thing to do, but I'm so happy we're doing this. And this is actually the last episode of season three for me. And I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate the end of a season right in the middle of PCS season. So how is PCS season so far, 2023? It's been quite busy for me personally. And I know, you know, it's not as crazy it was for like the service members a couple of years ago when COVID threw a big wrench in all of our lives. Uh, but it's it's rocking and rolling right now. All right. Well, for those who are watching and don't know what PCS season is, what is PCS season and why do I dread it? So PCS season is in the Army, we love our acronyms. Um, so that stands for permanent change of station, which AKA, where's my next new home gonna be kind of thing. So just like a lot of civilians, most military would prefer to move outside the school year so their kids aren't interrupted. And so a lot of it happens in the summertime. And so that's that's what we're doing right now is getting people into homes. Yes, get, getting people into homes before school starts in the fall, absolutely. 
I am grateful that we don't have to do that anymore. Chris retires next year. So we are staying put and thank Lord. Hallelujah. We don't have to PCS ever again. Knock on wood. I don't, you know, you never know with the army. (laughs) The plan is the plan because the plan changes is what we're saying. Exactly. Exactly. I won't uh, cry victory until he has his (laughs) retirement paperwork in his hands. Exactly. But uh, that is good news for everybody who's staying put. You don't have to worry about it this year, but Luckily, the military has a lot of resources and people like you and groups like PCS Gate Forward all over the country, right? Yes, there's somewhat somewhere around 100 different PCS Pay It Forward Facebook groups set up to support people as they move around the country. Okay, well, one of the things that these people who are PCSing and people who are moving in the summer are going to face is pet-friendly properties. Are they there? Do they exist? Will they accept my personal pet? And we're going to dig into all of that this evening. But before I do that, I want to introduce our drinking game. So anybody at home participating in our drinking game, anytime you hear this word, the secret word is rent. Take a drink of whatever you're enjoying. It doesn't have to be an alcoholic beverage. Just join the fun. But if, if it is an alcoholic beverage, don't drink and drive always drink responsibly and please be over 21 in the u.s to partake we have a former member of the military here he is very strict as they all are so don't drink unless you're legally able to right sounds good yes all right good advice. that is good advice right you have plenty of time later in life to indulge but follow the rules all right so what are you having today anything local not local it's a canada dry oh. uh zero sugar ginger ale so I'm a big ginger ale fan too. I never have ginger ale in the house because I feel like I'll just drink it in like three days because I just love the flavor of ginger ale. It's, it's really hard not to drink a lot of it at one time. So I know, especially with the heat in El Paso getting to almost 100 here in June. No, I know. It's summertime. It is officially summer. I am having something to celebrate the end of the season. I am having an airway cocktail. Have you heard of an airway cocktail? I have not. I'm sure you've heard of Airway near the airport here in El Paso. Yes. I wanted to make a nod or a nudge to like a local aspect of living in El Paso since we're both El Pasoans now. Um, This is a classic cocktail that I've never heard about. I learned about it from a, an Instagram account called drinking with Nolan. So cheers, Nolan. Thanks for um, turning me on to this drink. It is actually dark rum, lime juice, honey syrup, and a splash of champagne. It's actually very delicious. Of course, I garnished it with uh, mint leaves from my garden. Here's to you. Thank you for finally joining me for the show. You're welcome. All right, let's do it. Let's dig in. So the first game I want to invite you to play with me is called Renting with Pets, Yay or Nay. So I scoured the internet, the the National Association of Realtors, the HSUS, the Humane Society of the United States, and I looked for tips that they give pet parents for navigating finding a pet-friendly rental. So I have compiled a list and I want to get your input about whether or not these things are important or whether you can skip them. That's why you're gonna say yay if you think they're important, nay if they're probably good on the bottom of your list. Are you ready to play? Right, let's do it. All right, here we go. Create pet resume. Yay. Yay, okay, we're gonna dig into the pet resume soon. Don't go anywhere. You're going to learn more about the pet resume. Plan for additional charges and fees. Unfortunately, yay. Yay. Include pet coverage in your renter's insurance policy. Yay. Yay. I had never heard of that before. I haven't either, but that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And I think it would be a good addition to the pet resume, right? I think so too. Yeah. Hey, I'm covered. Yes. 
Yes, that's a good one. Understand landlord tenant laws in your state that apply specifically to pets. Definitely yay. Yay. Give yourself ample time. Yay. Yay. Don't hide your pet. Definitely yay. They will find out about your pet the day you have a leak and you can't get home in time to hide them again, so don't do it. It's mm. not smart. Don't lie about your pet's service or emotional support animal status. Uh, yay. Yeah. Don't buy one of those. Must be the best policy in general in life, you know. So. Yeah, we want to make sure you're doing everything on the up and up. And a lot of like your your goal is to prevent rental scams. I like right. to educate people on the fact that emotional support animal like certificates online are a scam. Like they don't mean mm -hmm. anything. Don't fall for it. Don't pay for we it. We can talk more about that, I guess, after the game. But yeah, yeah. Some yeah. that's a great. If you have additions to that, by all means, I'd love to discuss them. Okay, work with a realtor. Kind of yay and nay, I would say on that one. So What's the there, you can definitely you can do it by yourself. Um, but if you need additional help, then then we're we're here to provide resources for sure. Would you say that some markets require more help from a realtor than others? Yes, I would. I know. Again, I don't know how much you want to talk right now, but like I know when we moved to Port Sill, we rented and we didn't really need a, a realtor help us to locate the property. Um, but I know a lot of people coming to El Paso with such a large you know, geographic area that to pick from, it helps to have some local expertise. That's very true. That's very true. Okay. Invite your potential landlord to meet your pet. Yay or nay? Yay. I don't see why that would hurt. Exactly. So, you can do something yeah. cute on the pet resume being like, I'd not love to prove up, but yeah. Yeah, they might not. No, a lot of times, you know, landlords aren't even in town. So that may be you know, a virtual meetup then, of ah. course. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. And then don't bother asking for exceptions. Yay or nay? I would say it's always it doesn't hurt to ask for exceptions. So I think that your double negative question a little bit confuses me. So I'm not sure if the answer is yay or nay with that. But I think it would be fine to ask. Ask for exceptions. Yay. Okay. So I agree with you. Ask for exceptions. You already have the no. You can, who knows, you might get the yes. All sure. right. So first, before we dig into all this. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, that's one thing I've, I've working in this industry. I've found that everything within reason is negotiable. And so absolutely i feel like in life everything within reason is negotiable ask my kid he's really good at negotiating things <laughs> <laughs> all right so you were an army chaplain and then you are now a realtor how did this change of career happen and when so i left active duty uh, back in 2018 after seven years on on a, a active service and was the actually army chaplaincy was a second career. So I was thinking about trying to go back to my first career, which was actually IT programming stuff. And here in El Paso, they didn't have a real large market for that. And I kind of already been thinking about get a license to maybe do some real estate investing. And then the shorter version of all this is like my wife said, you know, you should just go for it. And she kind of pushed me out the door, so to speak. And, and it's, it's been a real blessing to the family. And it's definitely a different uh, different work, but in some ways, I you know I was just talking with some realtors today. Or like, we still get to we have to be the counselor there when when transactions are going south. Yeah. And so, yeah, so there's definitely there is some overlap there. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to over spiritualize things, but yeah, it's it's yeah, been absolutely good. I think that where you hang your hat is a bit of a spiritual process too. Like sure. knowing that it's the right thing. If the stars align, if you get the house you wanted, maybe you get the house you didn't want, but it turns out to be the house you wanted. So I think that there is a little bit of a spiritual aspect to this whole process sure. that's one thing that we talk about in our initial consultation especially you know e even with renters and buyers like you know ultimately i believe that there's a right place for everyone to live and we're going to find it and especially the last couple of years with the way the market has been it's been 
it's not just, Hey, that's what I want. I'm going to go get it. You know, it's, there's a process and sometimes it's trying two or three or four times to find a place, but then ultimately, you know, I believe that there's a right place where you're going to end up. All right. So I agree with you. I actually, this house that we live in right now was our second home in 2017 that we put an offer on. We didn't get the first home. And looking back, I'm so happy we didn't because we ended up in a much better neighborhood for the same price. Nice. Yeah. Better schools around us uh, for a better price. So, or the same price. So I'm happy and I agree with you that there's a lot to it. Then it's more than just find the listing and put your offer on. All, All right. right. So you're, you pair up with your wife now. She's also a realtor. She is. Yes. That's awesome. So you guys have yeah. like a family business of helping people find the right homes. Um, outside the military, do you find that most of the families you work with also have pets? Yeah, I, I think so. There is, there is, you know, I don't know what the percentages of pet ownership is, but yeah, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely a large contingent uh, of people who do that. You know, and that's one of the reasons a lot of people end up buying their home because then they have control over who can come in the house then at that point. Yes, absolutely. Especially when you have pets, that's a really big consideration. We've had to buy everywhere we went because the army never allowed us to live with four pets. I do think that the number of pets that you have really matters when it Absolutely. comes to this. So we will talk about that in a second. But tell me, do you find that it's harder for families with pets to find the right home, whether it be a rental or to buy? I would say, yeah, sometimes it, it, it is a challenge, kind of like you just mentioned your with your own ex example there. You know, if if I or people who have, you know, larger dogs where um, or you know, even especially again, most of my clients are military. And yeah. so they're, we'd like to live on post, but we're only allowed X number or of certain weight and we don't fit that. So we have to, and so now we have to change our plans of what we wanted. Exactly. So I think it's, you know, kind of going back to your yeah or nay, the sooner you start that process, the better so that you can have time to adjust if, if you need it. Yes. Yeah, so we lived in Louisiana, Fort Polk, Louisiana before this, and there they were, they allowed us to have four pets and there was no weight limit, but they gave us a tiny duplex. And I was like, there's no way my big four, my four dogs, three of them were big. Two of them didn't really get along. I was like, and it was a two-story duplex. So like the living area was tiny. And I was like, this isn't going to work. And It'll then when we got here, your dogs then it would have been fight club for sure. And then we, we, when we got here, we called and they said two, two pet maximum. And I'm sure people yeah. lie, but we would never lie because that's just not the way that we are wired. So my husband, a major calls in uh, to the housing office and was like, so do you make any exceptions? Speaking of exceptions. And she was like, I just turned down a Lieutenant Colonel. So I'm pretty sure I can't make an exception for you. And we're like, touche, touche. Yep. <laughs> just kidding. We won't ask again. So what part of the process is the hardest? Is it the fact that landlords are reluctant? Is it the fact that renters with pets tend to be not great renters. What is it that causes this friction when it comes to finding a place that allows pets that the landlord's comfortable with? Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. Um, I know we're about to be landlords ourselves and, you know, like we have hardwood floors in our place. And so, you know, we would like those to be in this, uh, you know, wear and tear obviously, but we don't want, you know, huge scratch marks right. on our hardwood floors. And so, cause Water. then, yep. And so, so there's that concern, but then I've also am aware of pet renters who are not good renters. An example, I, I had a military family reach out to me that they were done with being landlords here in El Paso after 10 years. 
and they wanted me to help sell their home. And like, I walked in that house and I almost couldn't breathe. It was so like, it was so awful. Um, and as I was around that house, so we, we did several thousand dollars of renovations to get it ready to sell like a new carpet. Cause it just was, it was awful. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. I actually then, did, I did a show about ammonia in urine and pet urine and like the, how lingering it is, how bad it is for your health. Like people really, I can't imagine somebody living there and choosing to live there under those conditions. And it, it, to me, it's gotta be one of those things where like, you know, the metaphor of like the boiling water with a frog kind of thing. Like you just don't notice it after a while. That's the only way I could, cause I mean, like it took my you know breath away right. go, walking in and you know, being around that particular house, like the neighbors started like, Oh, what's going on? And like, they would say like, like even the backyard was full of poop. And it would like, if, if they like want to have a barbecue, they had to like, if the wind was blowing the wrong way, they couldn't be in their backyard. The neighbors couldn't because of the smell. And so it was just, anyways, that's an extreme example. But definitely one, again, if you're a landlord trying to protect one of your most valuable assets, you're a home, like it's, I understand where they're coming from of because of the bad apples that are out there. Exactly. Exactly. And I do think people take on more than they can handle as far as pets sometimes. So like we had four pets, it wouldn't have been my choice. My husband had two, I had two when we got married. So who's, who's we're going to go? Neither. So, but I worked from home and I was available and I was able to make that work and never did. It was our own home, but never did. My dogs have never caused any issue or damage to my property ever. But that's because I make sure that I'm available and I find a very reliable pet sitter when I can't be here, et cetera, et cetera. So it really is a huge responsibility on the pet parent to make sure that you're doing the best thing for your property, whether it's yours or somebody else's. So let's talk really clearly about the pet resume, why you think it's important, what people should include. So, yeah, I mean, you want to, for lack of a better term, humanize your pet as much as possible. I don't know if that's a term you like in your in your show, but. No, that's great. No, it, usually we don't want to anthropomorphize. Right. Because we're expecting human behaviors from somebody who can't give that to us. But in your case, in this case, they're going to be a resident of the house. So it totally makes sense for them to be more, to appear as more of a part of the family than just an accessory. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's what I talk about in the resume. Name your pet. Like talk about it by name as opposed to my pet kind of thing. So that is one of the things to talk about. And then, you know, any other you know, if you've had a good experience with the previous landlord to include references for your pet then as well, any certificates of training and things like, again, just like you kind of would any other application, you want to put your best foot forward in those kinds of things. Absolutely. I actually was, I've, I'm a landlord. I've been a landlord since 05. I'm actually selling my property. Thank goodness. Cause it's in Virginia. I don't want to be a landlord anymore in Virginia, but I served as a landlord, I guess, reference for pets. Mm -hmm. uh, multiple times. And honestly, I don't know what the pet was like in their day to day, but I know that when the property was returned to me, it was in perfect shape. So I was able to serve as a landlord reference. And obviously because of what I do, I guess that had some kind of, I guess, weight or significance for the other landlords. I feel like if you've worked with a dog trainer, have them write a letter on your behalf, would that help? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Like kind of think of your resources. I feel like people kind of blank on what their pet's resume might be, but your pet has a lot of training most of the time. Like they could be crate trained, which you might want to mention, right? Yes. They might have like, yeah, like puppy 101, puppy 102, like 
America, what is it? Canine good citizen certificate, right. all these things, like, even though they seem kind of silly, because you've done the class, and you're like, I mean, I showed up four times to PetSmart. It's still something, right? Right, exactly. And it, it, it speaks to indirectly about you as the pet parent then at that point. So that you have taken those steps to ensure that your pet is going to be best behaved as possible. I love that so much. So the other two other things that were uh, suggested as, as including, maybe they're not separate, but a picture of your pet and, as your resume. So again, trying to make it a not just a word on a page. Um, and it's even in some video, then if you've got, you know, some special training or they can demonstrate that, uh, you know, just to show, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words, a video, one minute video is like they say worth 1.8 million words. So video just definitely helps then at that point as well. It's true. It's true. Especially if they, if you can show them healing, going into their crate, little skills that would give somebody peace of mind. I think that's a great idea. And most stuff is not sent. Like people think of like a pet resume and they think like a piece of paper, but all of this is sent electronically. Right. right? Google doc or something like that. Canva something. Yeah. There's a whole lot of ways to just email it in or send a link to it kind of thing. Make it cute, make it sweet. If you need somebody to help you with it, DM me because I'm a writer and a pet lover, so I can I can make your pet sound You're like real the perfect person to help with. Uh, a I pet know. Resume. I think I am. I've been a landlord. I feel like I need to like put out a blog like a regular resume pet services. Resume. You should just offer your pet resume writing service. I, so. I should. I should. I just thought about that. But honestly, it's so hard. I would. I like. I feel like everybody should have access to maybe like a a, a free download. So that's where I'm thinking right now. I'm gonna be yeah. like, here's a free download. Here's your pet resume for your next rental application. That's a, and I'll make, do, would you look at it for me? Sure. Okay, right now I'm gonna take a break. We're gonna come back with Brian Paul okay. as soon as we hear from these sponsors and we're gonna dig into something that everybody dreads, pet fees and rentals. So don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Isabel Alvarez Arada, and today I have the pleasure of having a conversation, my last show of season three with Brian Hall of EXP Realty. He is a realtor here in El Paso, a very well-known realtor. He specializes in moves with military families that are coming into Fort Bliss, which is our installation here in El Paso. And so many people are coming because Fort Bliss is growing. He's super busy. He works with his wife, Elizabeth. They're wonderful members of our community. And I'm so happy that he is here to shine a light on the difficulties that pet parents face when looking for rentals specifically. So I want to invite you to play a second game with me, Brian. This one is called Pet Peeves. Pet Peeves. All right. So Pet Peeves. 
Of course, because we don't want to pay pet fees, but I want to get your opinion. These pet fees are inevitable. I mean, the first game we talked about, you know, you have to prepare for them. You said, yay. Um, but sometimes they can feel like junk fees. Sometimes they can feel like you were being taken advantage of as pet parents. Uh, so I want to give you the type of fee and I want you to tell me what you, from your professional experience and obviously professional opinion, think of these particular fees. So here we go. A non-refundable pet deposit or fee. I'm not a huge fan of that just based on terminology. Okay. Just because it's non-refundable? Non-refundable deposit is not, those are kind of opposites to me. So. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. So it really is a fee. It is. Just call it a fee if you're going to call it that. So okay, exactly. And then, what have you seen that cost? Because I feel like I remember this was in, gosh, that 2012. I or 13. I paid like $300 per dog, and it was non-refundable, so it was a fee. And now I imagine it would be more than that. El Paso historically has been one of the cheaper markets for real estate. That's something I would say is probably more common now in El Paso. And it may have gone up, you know, recently because we've just about everything has gone up recently. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, I, I haven't seen that be too ridiculous in my opinion, because I've, I've heard of other markets where it's like, you know, 500 or $1,000 or something like that. And that's, that's just not El Paso's market. Exactly. So. Like nobody, you're not going to get that from anybody. Right. Okay. A refundable pet deposit. I think that's appropriate. And what would you think is appropriate? Because if you like the house that you were referring to that like nightmare house. Right. Yeah. Like a $300, $500 wouldn't have covered that. So what do you think is appropriate for this? Fee? Yeah. I mean, and I think somewhere around that range, maybe 500, you know, kind of on the high end. Um, Cause again, that was a, an extreme example. And that, those tenants had lived there for like seven years. So they had a lot of time to do that, that much damage. But you know, if you have a cat who urinates on the carpet, you know, replacing a room of carpet is is not, you know, it may be more than 500, but that's at least in the ballpark then at that point for that. Okay, perfect. And then pet rent, which is becoming much more popular. So it's an add-on to the monthly rental. Yeah, I mean, again, I can kind of understand where that's coming from. Cause I mean, you as the human live and you, you wear and tear on things. And so that's something that we're discussing, you know, how we wanted to, to pr present that on our own personal rental. Um, I don't think it should be more than like, you know, $25 or something like that, on a, you know, but, okay. but there may be, you know, again, market dependent, um, right. that's kind of our local market. But again, that's, you know, I, again, I understand where that's coming from just based on the idea of if the, the family's living in it for a certain amount of wear and tear, then then the pet probably would have some wear and tear on a much lower scale. And it's a different type of wear and tear. So I get, I also get it. Like I, so long as it's something negligible, like $25, $50, I'm cool with it. Obviously like you're charging me $200 a month for my pets. I'm going somewhere else. That's, that seems... It seems because I mean, you don't charge for my kids. Like if you don't charge for kids, which is obviously illegal to do, you wouldn't be able to charge per person who lives there, but you do report who lives there and you are supposed to like keep your, your landlord abreast of any new people that move in. So this is kind of like a technicality and it is a different wear and tear. Like most of your uh, over three-year-old children are not peeing on the carpet, you know, so your, but your pet might pee on the carpet till they're two. And then again, when they're 12. So. <laughs> Right. You know, it's a little different. Okay, and then this is more common in like apartment complexes, but like initial pet fees, like registration and things like that. What do you think about that? That, again, it seems that's closer on the junk side of things to me a little bit. Again, 
yeah so so that i mean there is some administrative cost to there are services will that will verify if you know like if, it, if you're trying to register as an emotional support animal there's some verification there so i understand there's some admin work but yeah if you're hundred dollars for the work like yeah. i don't Exactly. Depends. Like if you charge me $50 to call my vet and get like rabies vaccinations or check that I'm registered with the state. But like really most people, you can just ask them for that and they'll show up and bring it to you. So it's really okay. So tell me about what you think pet parents who are starting to look for a rental. They have they're moving from somewhere that was pet friendly to a different place and they're starting to look. How much time are we talking? to really take the time to find the right place. There's the extreme example of like, I just showed up and I need a new rental and I can find it in a couple of days because they, you know, it, the pet acceptance is the only standard that I need to, to have right. at that point. So, but, you know, I tell people here in the El Paso market, most landlords don't know more than 30 days out that any, a rental will be available right. um, because the, the tenants have to give notice and they normally don't have to give notice at, but at 30 days. So, um, there are people who are coming, they know, you know, six months ahead of time that they're coming. Great. You can look kind of what part of town I, I always tell people you can start window shopping until about three weeks out. And then it's like, okay, now I'm really serious then at that point. And within the military context, a lot of times you are given two weeks once you get here to find a new place. And I, I think that's again depending on how what your standards are i mean not that you would need to be in the slums at, in two weeks but um i think that that's enough time to kind of find something then that would work for everybody okay perfect what does the like national association of realtors have to say is this something that when you go to like conferences and like gatherings whether locally or or nationally is discussed like are pet friendly properties on anybody's radar you know, that's a great point. Not really. Um, most because a lot of the, the things around National Associated Realtor levels are more on the purchase side. But but, you know, it's I, I've I remember, you know, my in my first office, you know, one of the ladies who'd been in the business for literally 60 years, I think. And she's like, you know, renters need advice too, you know, about things. And so so I think there is a space that probably could be there's more resources that could be developed around those those kinds of issues that that renters face absolutely so if i had to tell ask you please right now for my audience pet parents mm -hmm. pet lovers people who feel that their pets are family what is the number one tip you give them when they embark on this process of finding the perfect pet friendly rental sure you know and i i think it's to be somewhat flexible with that be just like and it's really just like anything else you you know here are my must-haves and here are my wants kind of thing. And so if my must have is to include my pet, then then I then I really need to be focused on that aspect of uh, on the rental side that, need, you know, and that well, I may not be in the right, you know, neighborhood that I wanted, but there there just aren't rentals available that meet your need then at that point. So it's it's to, you know, to have that priority and then be able to be flexible on your other other aspects of things. I agree completely. Flexibility and pet friendliness kind of go hand in hand because that happens the same with like hotels. You may not end up at the romantic, wonderful hotel you thought you were going to end up with because they don't take dogs over 25 pounds or whatever. Um, talk to me about size. Size matters <laughs> because of the fact that a lot of places, and I found this with my dogs, that they will take maybe a 25 pound dog and under, but they'll look at a 50 pound dog and say, ah. Yeah. And again, I think that's just 
kind of pet parents who didn't take care of uh, and make sure that and and so you know because again the, the reputation is well it's a bigger dog it's going right. to do more damage kind of thing so. and their mouth certainly can because i've seen like a golden retriever puppy that was like 50 pounds at six months like tear through drywall like i've seen that as a professional pet sitter so i get that but like to me it's completely counterintuitive because i work with animals for the past 15 plus years and i've seen just as much damage from a small pet than i would from a large pet i do think that obviously from a bite perspective like if they bite a neighbor so what are like our landlords worried about that like with breed specifics and um size specific based on like aggression and like their interaction in the community i think so yeah i mean i definitely hear about you know certain breeds are not allowed and whether fair or unfair it's because of reputation and you know going back more i think that's where your pet resume can help in that regard and so and then going back to even something else i said everything's negotiable so you know whether it's be willing then hey i'm willing to put down something extra um as a you know that would be refundable if there are no issues you know so i, I think that's you know we again fair or unfair certain certain animal sizes and breeds have a reputation and we just have to be honest and what can i do to overcome that you know exactly and when you are getting these breeds i think it's really important to recognize that unfortunately like there is breed specific legislation in some places but there's just breed specific discrimination in all the places so when you have a pitbull a rottweiler a doberman a german shepherd those are probably the ones that stand out chow chow like some other breeds that are less popular they're considered dangerous breeds or some landlords might have like just like a preconceived notion about that specific breed so your flexibility like if you find a landlord that does not like pit bulls look for another one that doesn't really yeah, care exactly and, and then again that's why starting as soon as you you know it makes sense to as you can to allow your time to like be flexible yes absolutely so tell us more about pcs pay it forward and how my audience can join the movement wherever they are sure um so PCS Pay It Forward was started out in San Diego originally by Lauren Taylor is her name, and then kind of was a brainchild of her just because she was seeing the need for military families to have, there was a gap in the process. And so that's, you know, and you may be familiar that there's the sponsorship program, at least within the army, um, where I kind of thought like, if they were really doing their job, then we wouldn't be needed here. But, um, but so that's kind of where we're, you know, housing but i also try to provide you know local community information as well because you know we want our military families to feel like they're in a community not just at the installation and so that's what we really strive for um so that's kind of the you know so we provide information for on post housing if if that's the route they want to go renting i will provide you know custom rental lists that they can check out um, and then if people want to buy a house, then we can definitely help them do that too. So And sell when they move, right? Absolutely. Yes. So I, yes, I'm a realtor and I, I buy and sell uh, yeah. both sides. And I love that you post in your group and he's obviously specific to Fort Bliss, but you post in your group, like military family would love to see another military family take this home. Like I'm sharing this with you because I want to make this easier for you. Obviously, the the sales market here the purchase market is so hot that people are sending letters to sellers right like trying to like win their hearts so they accept their yeah. offer and things are really much more difficult today than they were like even when i moved to louisiana in 2015 
I didn't have to write anybody a letter. I had like 10 houses to like choose from. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's how it was when we moved to to Fort Bliss in 2015 ourselves. You know, we it was we shopped all weekend and then we went back for a second viewing. And then I was like, yeah, I think this is the one we want. And we, you know, there was no even counter on our offer. So see, we we when we moved to Louisiana, it was so simple, but we got there and like we've never purchased a home seeing it. This is a lot that happens to military families. Like we've never seen it other than like on FaceTime or the virtual tour. Um, and when we got to Louisiana, like our windows had to be replaced. It was a nightmare. When we got here, we had a great realtor and he really set us up for success. It was wonderful. So realtors are so key in those in these military processes, whether you're renting or buying or whatever it is. I wish that Fort Polk had had a PCS pay it forward when I moved there. I don't believe that they did. And I will echo what you said, that it's not just about the move it's about thriving where you're at so you guys share like restaurant recommendations events um i've posted questions about schools in your group i'm really grateful as a part of the community that you guys are here even though in a year i won't be part of the military really like pcsing lifestyle but i still am part of the community and i want to help people here move here and thrive so i think it's such a great concept and we really appreciate the community experts because there's I mean, your experience here in El Paso, you learned a lot from your own, own time living here. And that's what, you know, I don't want to be the only source of, of information for folks for, for many different reasons. I don't want to be the only source. Well, so if you ever need pet content related to, to El Paso, by all means, let me know. I'm happy to contribute. I have so many opinions. <laughs> well, I just want to propose a toast to you. So thank you so much, Brian, for taking the time to chat with me today. I'm so grateful for you and your family and everything you do for our community here. Cheers. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. I also want to propose a toast to my executive producer, Mark Winter. Thank you, Mark. Here's to the last episode of season three of Covered in Pet Hair. And to my audience, thank you for joining us for another season, another bunch of episodes. And stay tuned for season four because I'm going to start inviting some famous folks to chat about their pets next season. That's my goal, so stay tuned. Here's to a life covered in pet hair because there's no better way to live. Cheers. Years. To learn more about Covered in Pet Hair, please visit CoveredInPetHair.com or PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.